It's time for another edition of Tennis.com's weekly podcast. And here's your host, James Martin. Well, obviously the big topic over the last week in tennis has been Andre Agassi. Uh, I'm James Martin of Tennis.com's podcast, and I'm here with Peter Bodo and Steve Tigner. And guys, um, let's get right to it. I mean, what do you think about this issue? I, I mean, I, I think Andre, I mean, he's let off a... He's let off a huge bombshell in tennis. I mean, what's your, what's your take, Pete? Well, it's funny. The only thing, that, the, the, the thing I think that really is the most legitimate criticism of what he did was that he kind of left the tour and the players more or less holding it back because these are the guys everyone's going to go to now and saying the ATP is dirty, the, you know, the drug testing hasn't worked, it's, you know, clearly this proves that there's doping. And, stuff. and that's unfortunate because you know, you know, I, I think in a sense you know, Andre sort of a little bit blew the whistle on his, on his people and that's the worst thing I can say for Andre. It puts Andre. a huge black eye on, on men's tennis, doesn't it? I mean, uh, it's, it makes them look horrible. Not for me, it doesn't. I don't think it does. I mean, that was in a pre... That was like the Wild West in those days still. I mean, it was before tennis went to the WADA protocols, which are the official drug testing thing. This is like every other sport. Like, like look at football and baseball and basketball. They have all these bizarre rules. I mean, you, you, you can use recreational drugs, but not this. When you administer your own drug program like the ATP was doing at the time, it just invites this kind of disaster. But I think that is the biggest surprise, at least to me, that, that um, somebody like Rafael Nadal would come out and say this puts more pressure on us, just this admission, you know, makes us look like we're guiltier. I was surprised to hear that, but when I think about it, I, I feel like he has a point. I, mean, I do too, and I mean, has any, I mean also, has anything changed? Because I, I look at, you know, you see Gasquet claiming, you know, this year that Oh well, my test was positive for cocaine because cocaine, I kissed a girl, or she kissed me, and then you got. Hey, prayer. that's a good song. That's right. I kissed a boy <laughs> <laughs> and got him suspended from tennis. <laughs> you get suspended from tennis and prayer to the same thing, and like so, it's almost like this flimsy excuse. If it is a flimsy excuse, is still being used. It doesn't seem like anything has changed in that regard. People are buying these seemingly bogus, you know, rationales for how I tested positive. Well, this does show that you you could at least at one point get away with the, just completely making up anything. And that, you know, this is the same excuse Puerta used, and he, he was busted for it. But now you know that now this sort of relieves any suspicion or any idea that maybe Puerta was, or somebody like that would be telling the truth. Like, they, this shows and proves that they definitely do lie about it. Okay, everybody does. But I mean, hey, but it's, be- but it's still better than, than what you had before, which is everybody doing whatever they wanted. And, and you know, no punishment, no, no, no issue. There's no problem here. People didn't even talk about it. Look, the thing to me is that, uh, I'm, I'm kind of discouraged and disturbed, frankly, by this whole, by this whole trend. Now you had Hingis, you got Gasquet, now you got Agassi, kind of a post facto, you know, uh, kind of a, a damaging thing. Everybody's talking about what a terrible black eye this is for tennis and everything else. And I say baloney. It's look, it's recreational drugs. I mean, you know, I don't want to diminish that. Certainly not in the case of something like crystal meth or even cocaine. But you know, these guys. I mean, the, the, the trace elements of this. We're talking about something Andre did nine or ten years ago as a confused young kid. We're talking about Hingis getting this suspended Gasquet, you know, he had the equivalent of five grains of salt. I mean, nobody is right. You couldn't even actually cut out five grains of cocaine and snort it if you, even if you want to get high. (laughs) There you go. I guess the question is, should they be testing for recreational drugs? It's kind of a hard, a hard question. It's an invasion of privacy and it doesn't have anything to do with their tennis. But at the same time, do you want to, does the sport want to have a reputation of of having that kind of freedom or that kind of those kind of things happening on the tour, well, would that hurt the sport if it had a reputation for re- recreational drugs? I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think that the 
you know, you look at the recreational drug, I think it should be treated differently than a steroid, an anabolic steroid, or something that's going to help you recover faster, hit the ball harder. These things, I mean, I guess, you know, meth can make you run faster because you're all juiced up. But, I mean, what was Gasquet? I mean, he was going to get up to two years for, for cocaine, which to me is ridiculous. I think that you don't get that. I mean, maybe a six months, maybe a three months. I do think you don't want the sport to look like, uh, well, you know, we're, we're a bunch of recreational drug users, and and I, I think I think that would make the sport look bad. At the same time, you know, I think, you know, with Agassi and this thing, I mean, ATP didn't. I mean, they seemed to pass the buck a little bit, and they just said, well, we wash our hands of this. It was to an independent tribunal, and they just don't seem to want to take. Any, I guess my beef with the ATP is they don't take any responsibility for this whatsoever because they let somebody else handle it, but they're the ones that contract that out. Shouldn't they ultimately take responsibility for it? Well, yeah, but that's ancient history. Come on, it's like, you know, uh, you know, it's years and years ago that the rules were entirely different, the leadership was different, everything else. And I don't, I don't want to give the guys a pass on it particularly, but I'm saying, you know what? I mean, let's go back and let's go, let's go back and refight the Battle of the Bulge, for gosh sakes. Yeah, you can't do it. I mean, it's crazy. You gotta move on. And I think this fixation, which is a little bit driven by the media, we, you know, we play our part in all this, making these stories take on a life of their own, but it's really discouraging to me. This is terrible creeping big brother thing going on here with these sports. And the thing I hold against the ATP and other athletic agencies, they play into this because they think that the market share is there for them. If they can really position themselves as the cleanest sport, therefore, they're going to, you know, they're going to have the most, the most rigorous, you know, drug regimen and they kind of go nuts. It becomes very big brother. It's like a fascist state. I mean, these people can't, you know, when a 22-year-old kid can't go to a party, you know, make a mistake. I mean, Granted, nobody wants them to go and do that, but geez, I mean, you got to, you know, you, these people are individuals, they're young kids. I mean, they're going to make mistakes. I was surprised by the overall player reaction as well, which seemed to be more negative than I thought it would. You know, Martina Navratilova, she will always take a strong stand, but she, I, I think she confuses the issue when she compares Agassi to, to Roger Clemens. I mean, that, that doesn't do justice to the, to the situation at all. But overall, I mean, even... Even people like Federer and, and, and some of the other players, they weren't, they weren't as supportive as Agass- of Agassi as maybe I would have thought or maybe he would have thought they would be. Hey, that's tennis, though, man. I mean, you, know, do you, you guys remember the, uh, you know, the, when the Monica Sella stabbing incident. You know, none of the girls wanted to, to allow Sellis to have a protected ranking. They cut and ran for the hills. That's a little bit what these guys have done. I mean, you but know, he's not playing anymore. It's not, you know. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. But I mean, it makes it makes it even worse. It's because it's a little like you know they could have at least said, hey, you know, we feel bad for the guy. You know, we're glad he got over it. It's a terrible thing. Stuff like that happens. I do think with Martina, did, did she? Because I saw, I think I saw somewhere that she did compare it to Roger Clemens. Yeah, he's that, right up there with Roger Clemens. In my that, mind. That's that's irresponsible for her to say. I think because I mean, it's, no, it's, it's nuts. And who knows about so Martina? Yeah, Martina I mean, coming from the behind the Iron Curtain country as a kid, you know, etc. I mean, you could speculate about people, and people do this. They speculate all day long, but it's. They, they really have to, I think, I think they really need to, re- I think they really need to redefine what they're looking to control and patrol in, in, in these drug usage areas. But I do, I, th- I think yeah. with, with, with Nadal and, and what he was saying, I do think it brings up the issue of why did Agassi decide to do this? Yeah. You know, did, why did he decide, you know, he could have, there was plenty of other things in that book that we all now re- heard about, read about through the excerpts from his worrying about his hair falling out to his dad giving him a pill, which he thinks was basically speed as a junior, to all kinds of stuff. Why did he feel the need to dredge this up? Is it beca- I mean, obviously everyone's saying, well, I guess he needs to sell books. He doesn't need to sell books. I mean, he made whatever he made, $4 million or whatever the advance was. The book company needs to sell books, so maybe they could put pressure on him to have a couple things in there to, to help sell it. But, would it, you know, is that enough of, of a reason to put that in the book? Or is it also because Andre's falling out with his agent, Perry Rogers, and having that always looming over his head that he thinks, oh, well, 
you know, this could still come out at some point, so I might as well just mention it in this book and not. That's the theory that's, I mean, I, I don't know, but that's the theory that seems the most plausible to me, that he, he wanted to, to head off either Perry, you know, his ex-manager who he's fallen out with, saying something, or just it coming out in the future, because Andres obviously um, protects his image, if, if only for his charity or his foundation, which he cares about. And this, there's no doubt that this is going to hurt that. So there has to, I feel like there has to be a real reason other than just coming clean for him to have. I say he runs for the Senate within 10 years. I mean, look, I mean, let's face it. I mean, I, I think that, that's one part of the equation I could really buy into. He might be, he's looking long term and, and he can afford to and he's actually proven himself. Unlike a lot of other athletes, he's actually got a track record as having done something outside sports. And if he's looking at potentially, say, a future Senate run, then at some point in this process, he's probably thinking, well, the first question anybody these days has to ask himself, this is just reality, this is not cynicism, is what have I done that somebody who wants to stop me getting into office can throw up at me? All right, so, you know, there are probably a couple of people floating out, floating around out there, theoretically, this guy Slim, who could suddenly pop up on a radar and for half a million bucks sell a story to National Enquirer about Agassi being a meth freak. I mean, this is life in a modern world. I don't think then I've also heard... People theorize his, um, you know, he's been in, he's been in therapy, and he's definitely part of this. He believes in this talking things out, and he's he's come around to that over the years, and and, and getting it out there. Maybe this was just him trying to reveal everything. That that seems a little too good to be true, but. Yeah, I mean, do you think he's going to run? Pete, do you think he's he's going to run for? I, I I I can't imagine eventually he won't do something like, like that, Vegas, frankly, because I don't think he'll yeah he'll run for senator in Nevada. Basically, I mean, it's a small state. He's got Vegas in his pocket, and the rest is rural. Small number of votes. I mean, it's 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 kind of a, it's kind of a natural. I'd almost say it's a lock if he wants to have that kind of life, which we don't know about. But you know, it's uh yeah you know I I, I don't think you can overlook the value of saying why would you want to write a book and somebody saying. Thinking, saying, well, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to tell the truth because I want to. It's, it's really as simple as that. And I think everyone will put themselves in his shoes. Let's say you got paid, say, a small amount of money by a publisher. They say, look, we think you've got an interesting life story. It doesn't matter who, who you are. You know, t- you're going to have one or two reactions. Well, I'm going to want to present myself a certain way. Or your reaction might be, well, you know, I want to tell the truth. People really need to know. When you look at his problems he had with the game of tennis, I can see where he would say, you know what? I'm going to tell it just like it is. You know, I, I, I want to be honest with myself and with the, with the readers. I mean, basically, if you don't tell the truth in a book, you know, you're stealing your money when you buy the book. So, you know. That's possible, but um, um, I forget what I was going to say. Yeah. Steve <laughs> forgot. I think Steve's... <laughs> let's, uh, this is an obvious joke to be made. Well, let's not go there. What I love, though, was that, you know, you'll love this part. Uh, you know, when, when Dave Hershey, a uh, big editor at Collins was in a bidding, I think, on the Agassiz book, and when they saw how much money they, he got from Knopf, he called it president money. <laughs> like, that's right. And, and, yeah, it was, yeah, and it was really true. Four million you know, bucks. Yeah. And, you know, guaranteed. It, look, when, when Andre went in to pitch that book, because he, he definitely met with those people, they're not going to sign a check for four million bucks on his say-so. They said, well, you know, what, what are you going to have in a book that's going to enable us to recoup this investment? Details, yeah. right? And again, it's very easy to go to jump from there to say, Oh, yeah, so we did do it for the money. But, but no, I mean, the point is, look, he said, look, I have an interesting life, I think, and I think it could be a good book, and I really would want it to be a good book because everything I do is chop drawer, blah, 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 the same thing all these guys say. Andre was both had the goods because he's got the experience and a crazy background, and he was willing to share them. And, you know, other people have had the goods but didn't want to share them. Other people didn't have the goods, wanted to just make money. So I would bet that he was he underestimated the negative reaction to this, though. It's my guess that he... He might be surprised at 
I was how at the backlash against it. Yeah, yeah I think Steve's right about that. I mean, I was you know, that's, you know I, yeah, I, I am too. I, I, I personally yeah. am too. Nobody's saying, man, thank God the guy didn't like become, you know, s some guy who's robbing people yeah. <laughs> down at the Costco. I mean, you know, this is, you know, crystal or from steroids. Well, or, or that would have been, been terrible. I mean, what if what if he was playing now though, and he and it, so let's say it's today, he tests positive for the meth. What do you think should ha should happen to a player now that that did what Andre said he did back in '97? Well, you mean just in terms of using the drug, or in terms of the whole? Well, confession he used it. Thing ATP else? catches him and tests it. I mean, do you think he should be punished for it if he were playing now? I, I think he should be if the if the if the drug is on the ATP's ban list. But it's as simple as that. I don't, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, drug. I mean, I, you know, I I don't think the law is actually. I guess they're against possession of, um, you know, this, I don't think usage particularly is written into the language of the law. It's, you know, no, possession it's, of, sale of, you know, any drug you fill in a blank. So, but I mean, I think the ATP needs to decide what it's going to do. There's also legal, there's also civil law. I mean, you know, they could, you know, if it's a felony to possess crystal meth, he clearly had crystal meth at some point. So, I mean, you know, these are all, you know, so it's not a felony to test positive for a recreational drug. It, I think they would. They should punish him, but but um, do it in proportion. If you know, if performance enhancing is two years, um, recreational could be I don't know, six months from the tour. Yeah, that's fine. More. Something like that. I'm against that, though. I don't think they should punish for recreational drugs at all. I think it's totally bogus. I, you know, it's you know alcohol. Don't you know? Well, what is a drug? It's like booze is a yeah, drug. Yeah, well, exactly. Cigarettes is a drug. Caffeine's a drug. They're all drugs, and they. I think it's just for the for the um, image. Right? Go to this image of the sport yeah. in general. Yeah, well, that, that's why they do it, and I think, and, and you know, as I said before, I think they take this high road because they think it's going to help the image of the sport. And you know, I would also contend that this is such a bad thing for tennis. How many people do you really know out there who are shocked and disappointed in a game of tennis by the, you know, because one of its top players twelve years ago, you know, had a flirtation, you know, probably fairly serious one for a few months, you know, got himself into personal personal hole and and de was depressed and, and fooled around with Crystal Meth. You know, I, I don't well, think it's got anything to do with the game of tennis. In the 80s, you know, the NBA and Major League Baseball had a big recreational drug problem. It became part of the reputation of the sport, and they didn't want that. You know, that's not good. That's right. not good for the sport. That, not like that's going to happen in the next six months in tennis, but it's something to think about or look for. It's a very isolated thing. As you said, I guess he was in this, like, this whole depression, basically. His life was kind of in the dumps, and he did it. I mean, I... I don't. I don't think it's. I don't even. I didn't even think it was a big deal when I first heard about it. I was like, okay, so he did. So he did some drugs. I thought it was surprising. Only that I always thought if you're a top tennis player and you make all this money, you'd be at a, a bar snorting cocaine and, and doing you know scotch with some models instead of doing something with some guy named Slim in your house and then going clean your house for an hour. Because yeah, he was. He stayed in Las Vegas, right? He wasn't a Hollywood guy. No, he wasn't. So that yeah. Hey, meth is a blue collar drug. It's, it's had, had its, some of its worst impact has been in very rural areas. So right. yeah, no, I mean that, that, that's actually very true. I'm like you know wow you know it's kind of great that it wasn't. Some you know stupid story about Agassi, you know, getting high, snorting coke out of hundred dollar right. bills and, and then burning him. You know, I mean, that's what you kind of expected with the kind of crowd he could to his run roots. with. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. But I mean, I was, I am shocked that people are are making a, as big a deal out of it as they are. Um, you know, the players and such. I mean, do you think yeah. do you guys, Steve? I mean, do you think it's Lance Armstrong admitted that he did crystal meth for a? It would be a big deal. Yeah. Right? I mean, Andre Agassi is a big name outside of tennis, but to the point where. I mean, it sounds like a lot of people think it's going to tarnish his legacy now, which I think is... I don't know. We'll see. It's hard to tell in the immediate. Right right now, yeah, like, he's, I think, you know, he's, it, it hurts him when people think of him now. Maybe they think a little bit less of him in a year. Maybe, you know, maybe not. Maybe if he continues with the charity and, and, and 
and puts himself in different places publicly, then it'll be forgotten. A lot of, a lot of people who you think are, are through, you know, make comebacks after things like this. Well, Obama wrote it in his book that uh, he did stuff, but <laughs> he went on to do some. That's true. Yeah, well, you <laughs> know, it made it, and, and that took you know that took on a life of its own for that brief window of time. I mean, you know, it's like one of these. If you're if you're Andre Agassi, you have to be sitting there thinking, "This too shall pass." Yeah. And you know, I think I think he's, I think the one thing I'm pretty sure about is that he feels a lot better for having gotten this out of the way, and not having it be an unresolved issue in his own mind in terms of you know had he really come clean and and. and Given of himself, what he what he what he owes to people who have embraced him and stuff, I kind of believe in that. He's probably going to be a little cynical about that, but uh, you know, I kind of I kind of believe in that honesty and that the value and catharsis you can get from really just telling the truth and saying, well, it, you know, it was what it was. Yeah, I think Andre believes in that, whether or not I do. <laughs> um, yeah. Whether I whether or not I believe that he just did it for the catharsis, I, I know it's I'm sure it's part of what he what he thinks. He believes in that type of thing. And, and he's going to go on the talk shows. He's going to go on 60 Minutes, probably Oprah, wherever else. And, I mean, that's going to help. You know, he's going to go on there. They're going to ask the questions. He'll be asked a bunch of times. And it, people are just going to get tired of talking about it anyway. And yeah, wouldn't you love it if when it goes on 60? I think he's going to be on 60 Minutes a day before the book, well, that's the gonna official help. publication. That's, he's going to be. He's going to appear to be really sympathetic because he comes across well on TV. That, yeah. Those appearances are going to help him. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, plus, you know, uh, how, how much are we going to bet that they're going to say, hey, you know, we're not going to deal with that crystal meth issue. That's, you know, that's, that's we're tired of that. Let's talk about, let's let's talk about how you beat Gomez, how you lost to Gomez in that French Open final. How can we miss that cross-court forehand? So, I actually want to ask, I uh, talk to Steve about this. The only, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Andres, but I have a pet peeve when I see that commercial on the tennis channel uh, where, and maybe it's been on other channels at this point, his watch commercial where it's him and Steffi doing the stuff at school with the kids and the at-risk kids, and you think it's a, a, a public service announcement for his school, and it turns out to yeah. be not for I hadn't thought moments. of that until you brought it up. Yeah, I was enraged. But it is that. cheesy at best. It is cheesy, and it's like he is so you know, sincerely involved in that, that school and what he does with those kids. Unless the company is, is giving money to the school. I don't know. Maybe. Well, that's, you know, that's very, he's doing himself a disservice if, it's just, if he's just doing it to pick, to pick up that dough, which is you know, highly unlikely. Maybe Longines gives money some of that money goes to the foundation. Uh, that is part so. of Andre's thing. I think he said in Paris that, you know, what he tries to do is, you know, if you want to get near Andre That's and tr true. try to get into business with Andre, what he's going to say is, well, you, you're not buying me, you're buying me and my causes, and you got to be, yeah. and you got to be want, want to play ball with that. In fact, when he did that thing with Steffi, that press conference in Paris that I attended during a French Open there, they talked about that a lot, and they had the, the girl from Agassiz School up there talking. So Agassiz, you know, attaches that as a writer now to everything he does. He's gotta, if you're going to do business with me, you got to take care of my I guess it's the appearance charity. of this ad that's bad, because you, you don't know that. And it's playing the small C music or whatever, and you're kind of like, oh, it's uh, for, you know, that's, oh, you're hawking watches. I mean, you're probably right. The, the company probably has to, Probably is involved in his charity. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, Andre probably checked off on it. Well, Andre probably wants. You know, if if Long Jeans is committed to say, you know, one half of one point of their annual profits to the Agassiz Foundation, right. why not try to sell right. as many Long Jeans watches as you can? Run down Canal Street with your coat right. open. And as he knows, as he knows, image is uh, what is that? Is everything? <laughs> and that that ad looks bad. You yes. Know, as far as you know, uh, what he's what he's trying to accomplish and what he has accomplished. So. Uh, if Andre's listening, you know, nix that ad, take it off the <laughs> air, call Tennis Channel, tell him to yank that sucker. Yeah, I'm sure he will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's about it, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening with Peter Bodo and Steve Tigner. I'm James Martin. And uh, join us again for another Tennis.com po tennis podcast. You'll get that right one day. Don't worry. get that right. Tennis.com podcast down the line. 
you've been listening to Tennis.com's weekly podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. Thanks for listening.